And so I just opened it up and jumping right off the page at me was Isaiah 41, 18. I will open rivers in high places and fountains in the midst of the valleys. I will make the wilderness a pool of water and the dry land springs of water. And when I read that, I knew it was for River Church. And then and immediately the Lord said this. He said, I'm coming. I'm coming. Now, we've been praying for the manifest presence of God. We've been praying for the presence of God to increase. We've been praying for the rain. We've been praying for fire. We've been praying for the glory cloud to come in. And he said, I'm coming. So he's coming. Hallelujah. I don't know the day. I don't know when. But I know that we are to be in total expectation and in total preparation for that. So that seemed to me that that was a good sign that we should start on hosting the presence of God. Because one thing I don't want is a one-day visitation. He came. He's gone. And it's over. And, and okay, now we're just back to being the same old church. No. Hallelujah. I want Jesus, to, His manifest presence to come and stay until He comes back. Hallelujah. That's what I want. Now, Heidi, I, I just thought of this. Heidi uh, said the Lord told her, uh, uh, what do you want? He asked her, what do you want? And then she asked the audience, this was on some video I was listening, what do you want? And so I said, okay, Lord, she asked us what we want. And I'm going to tell you what I want. Hallelujah. I want to host a move of God in Alabama. I want to have a revival night and day at River Church. I want prayer to be going on at prayer, soaking prayer, healing prayer, something happening at River Church every day. Hallelujah. Not necessarily us leading it every time. Pray. I pray in, to God that me and Pastor don't have to lead every night for seven nights a week. No, or every day. But I told him, I said, that's what I want. Heidi wants a million children. That's what she told him. I want a million children. Uh, orphans, you know. And I said, but I, that's not what I want. I don't, you give me a million children, I'd just rather go to heaven. <laughs> Hallelujah. I mean, you could give me three and I'd be on my way. Hallelujah. You, but uh, give me a, give me a, a, a host of move of God in Alabama. That's what I want. Thank you, Jesus. And then um, um, we were at double portion, and Pastor Moss gave me a word, and he said, I see you walking on a path, and Jesus is up ahead of you. And all of a sudden, Jesus turned around and looked at you and said, ask what you will. I was like, you know, I was glory. I was Glory, glorifying God over that. Okay, so that's what we're asking for, isn't it? Amen. Turn over to Mark chapter 2 now. I'm kind of introducing why we're doing uh, hosting a move of God. I plan to read a prophecy from Pastor Moss tonight, but just couldn't put my finger on the right one because I think there's been seven, nine. There's been nine prophecies that he, he does function high, uh, very high on a high level in uh or in uh prophecy and word of knowledge and uh seeing and hallelujah that's which that would be included in prophecy okay uh mark chapter two i want you to hear this i i, I and it says in verse one and again he entered into capernaum after some days and it was heard, my version, King James says noised. How many have heard there? Anybody have heard? Okay, only, only uh, Shanita. Okay, it was heard that he was in the house. 
Boy, do we ever want something. That's what we want. It was heard in, not Capernaum, but Tuscaloosa, that he was in the house. I know that is the most awesome scripture. And then it says, And straightway many were gathered together. Immediately. Straightway. Immediately many were gathered together. Because it was heard that Jesus was in the house. Insomuch that there was no room to receive them. Not no, not, no, not so much as about the door. And he preached the word unto them. Now, another word that came from, that's the one I was looking for from Pastor Moss. Another word of prophecy that came forth, he said, man, he said, I see a room. And he does not know what our church looks like, or I don't even know if he knows where it's at. Anyway, um, he said, I see a room. And he said, I don't know how y'all got all those people in that room. Hallelujah. And so when I found this, after that, I was like, ooh. And he preached the word unto them, and they come unto him, bringing one sick of the palsy, which was born of four. And when they could not come nigh unto him for the press, they uncovered the roof. Hallelujah. Praise God. Well, we'll just unlock that door. Uncovered the roof where he was, and when they had broken it up, they let down the bed wherein the sick of the palsy lay, and Jesus saw their faith. Glory to God. So it was heard in Tuscaloosa that he was in the house. I like, I like it too. Boy, I like that. Okay. So because of those things, we're going to start this series on hosting the presence of God. And it may start out different, a little different than you would think and uh, that, that a, a series on hosting the presence of God would start out because the very first, okay, it's broken up into eight sections and under the eight sections, it's broken up into five little parts. And so we're going to try to cover five little parts of eight section, of uh, section one tonight. If we do, we do. If we don't, we don't. So the first section is called recognize the authority you have received. That it is important if you're going to host the presence of God, it is, well, it's imperative that the church that that happens at be able to recognize the authority that you have received. Well, I we've taught on authority and the authority of the believer and all those things many times, but I think you'll still learn some stuff tonight that's really going to help you because it's not just enough to know pretty general about it, but to be fully convinced, fully persuaded, and to have it locked down. Hallelujah. Just, you know, and not only this is important that knowing this authority is not just a teaching to us. It's not just a sermon to us. It's not just a concept, but it's who we are. We, in, that we eat, live, and drink, and breathe by who we are in this authority in Christ. In other words, it's, it's, it's absolutely our lifestyle. This, this authority that we have in Jesus Christ. So we have to be able to exercise it in our own lives. And, 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 and if we know this, if we know this authority, we can exercise this not just for other people, but in our own lives in order for ourselves to experience breakthrough. So not just a concept, not just a teaching, but normal Christianity to us. Hallelujah. God called and positioned mankind to be the delegated authority over this planet. 
We are to be the delegated authority over this planet. How many of you would say, by just looking out there at the mess this planet's in, the mess the governments of this world are in, that we have not known this? Even though it's been 2,000 years since Jesus put it in the New Testament. Hallelujah. But we've really not known it. And what we have known, we've just known a part of. And what we have known just a part of, we haven't always been consistent in exercising it. And we have not known really how far it extends. But I'm telling you, it extends very far. It extends very far. Um, number uh, so number one that's under there's a five little concepts under recognizing the authority of you have received and number one is found in Matthew eight so if you turn to Matthew chapter eight and this is very familiar scripture to you here in Matthew eight uh, you probably read this chapter a lot concerning healing and the title of this little part number one is ruling authority ruling authority and so let's look at chapter 8 verse 8 and and this is about the centurion and you know he came to he sent word to Jesus and uh, uh, no it says he came to him in verse 5 and he said Lord my servant lieth at home sick of the palsy grievously tormented Jesus said I will come and heal him and verse 8 the centurion answered and said Lord I am not worthy that thou shouldest come under my roof, but speak the word only, and my servant shall be healed. For I am a man under authority, having soldiers under me, and I say to this man, Go, and he goeth, and to another, Come, and he cometh, and to my servant, Do this, and he doeth it. And when Jesus heard it, he marveled and said to them that followed, Verily I say unto you, I have not found so great faith, no, not in Israel. And we know in verse 13, Jesus said to the centurion, Go thy way, and as thou hast believed, so be it done unto thee. So here we have the centurion. We've talked about this before. This is a man who does not have a covenant with God. He's not a Jew. He's not in covenant. And Jesus is operating right now at this point in the Bible. He's operating under the old covenant because he's not been to the cross yet. And so uh, he's operating as an old covenant Jew and... Uh, and this centurion has no covenant. And Jesus got on to a woman and said, No, I'm not going to heal your daughter because you don't have uh, a covenant. And you remember that one. And so, uh, but this man so impressed Jesus. And this man actually, it's, isn't it funny, this man without a covenant is going to teach us something. He's going to teach us about ruling authority. And one of the things he teaches us right off the bat is uh, when he says, speak the word only, is that authority is released by words. Authority is released by words. Not any other way. Not any other way. Authority is released by words. Hallelujah. Sometimes people say, well, you got to fast. Well, you can fast and fasting makes your flesh not as powerful. But that's all it does. It does not uh, change God's mind. It does not change how much authority you have. Hallelujah. It doesn't change anything like that. It just makes maybe you be able to hear God better because your flesh is not talking to you about Oreos. Actually, sometimes when you're fasting, unless there's a grace there to do it, your flesh talks more about Oreos. You can't even hear God for your flesh talking about Oreos and other every other kind of food that there is. And if <laughs> I have actually fasted before when it's just like, I'm just going to go eat something so, that I, so I'll quit having to battle the battle. 
you know, so you do what you want to. And, I, and I'm not against fasting, and there's lots of things to fast, but that does not increase your authority. So authority is released by words. And then the second thing he taught us, he said, For I am a man under authority. That you have to be under authority to have authority. Got lots of rebels in the body of Christ. Hallelujah. Not only are they not under any pastor's authority of any kind, but they're not under any, they're not even under God's authority. They haven't come under the authority of the word. They haven't, they don't come under the, they're just not under authority. And that's why you see a lot of Christians uh, not having really any authority, even though in reality they do have authority. Uh, and then he said, I like this part, he said, and I say to this man, go. And he goeth. Authority is released as a command. It's a command. It's not a prayer. It's not, God, please heal this person. It's not, it's not even, now God, make the devil turn loose of this person. No, it's a command. Go. Go. Hallelujah. I like that. It's released as a command. And then the fourth thing that the centurion taught us was that we can expect results from our command of authority. We can expect them and we should expect results. When you say go to the devil, you ought to expect him to obey. obey. And you don't sit there and go, well, I wonder if he left and I don't know. Let me see. Let's see if I still feel the pain. <laughs> Which we've all done that. Hallelujah. Uh, praise God. Mm, hallelujah. Turn to Genesis 1, chapter verse, Genesis 1, 26. So, uh, Jesus uh, is commend, Jesus commends the centurion for his understanding of the authority structure of the supernatural. It wasn't the fact that he was a centurion and that he could command Roman soldiers to go and they went and to come and they came and servants to come. That natural authority wasn't what Jesus commended him for. The authority he commended him for was this man without a covenant watched Jesus work miracles, watched Jesus do his works. Evidently he had seen it or he had heard about it because he came to Jesus and he and he he caught on right away. Oh, the supernatural is controlled by authority, just like my natural life, my position. Jesus is operating under. He, this is what he knew. Jesus is operating under an authority, and he's operating with words of command, just like I do my servants and the Roman soldiers that are under me. So he, Jesus committed, he picked up on the things of the Spirit, how heaven works, how the, hallelujah, it was written in the Bible for us and we're just now catching on and he caught on, he didn't have a Bible, he didn't even know God, hallelujah. He caught on. And so it was very amazing, very, very, very amazing. Turn to Genesis one twenty six. are you there and I'm not? Okay. Uh, <clears throat> Thank you, Lord. And God said, let us make man in our image after our likeness and let them have dominion. Say dominion. dominion. 
over the fish of the sea, over the fowl of the air, and over the cattle, and over the earth, and over every creeping thing that creepeth upon the earth. And so here's our first, um, uh, our first glimpse at the dominion that God has given man. Now turn to Psalm 24. So we're talking about ruling authority here. Psalm 24, verse 1. Psalm 24, 1. The earth is the Lord's, and the fullness thereof, the world and they that dwell therein. Now this is the truth. The earth belongs to God. Always has, never changing, always will be. None of this has been reversed. The earth belongs to the Lord. We know uh, something happened, though. We'll talk about that a little bit more in a little bit, what happened. Then Psalm 115. But the earth is still the Lord's. Even when something happened, the earth was still the Lord's. Right now, the earth is the Lord's. Psalm 115, verse 16. The heaven, even the heavens are the Lord's, but the earth hath he given to the children of men. The Moffat translation says he assigned to the children of men. The earth he has assigned to the children of men. The assignment, the, the New American Standard Bible says, the assignment of ruling is given to the sons of men. The earth belongs to the Lord, but the assignment of ruling the earth belongs to the sons of men or has been given to the sons of men. So this mandate of the earth belonging to the Lord and also the mandate of the man having dominion and the man being the ruler in the earth. This mandate has, was never withdrawn and it's never been retracted. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Now, one thing we need to point out under here, and we already talked about being under authority, but God does not release authority. Hallelujah. He does not release authority to and through rebels. Thank God. Because Ayatollah over in Iran would have already just destroyed Israel with the words of his mouth. And the USA. Hallelujah. We'd all be gone except, you know, for him. Praise God. But he does not. Now, why we need to be taking more authority and ruling more over the things of this earth. When the, uh, when the uh, movie theater in Lafayette last week. Okay, when that happened, I'm like, but I, I, I told Pastor, I said, I see a pattern here. I see a pattern. North Carolina, Tennessee, Louisiana. What is that? What do you see when you hear that? The South. And I said, no. And him and I, we sat in our chairs drinking coffee. And that next morning when we saw that, and we started saying, no, you will not in Alabama. You will not in Jesus' name. We command you, you will not. You need to take this up. You need to, I'm telling you, if every Christian in the United States of America, that especially even the ones that just know their authority, would start taking authority over everywhere they work, over everywhere they go, over the malls in their city, over the National Guard down here, the, uh, you know, the, the, you know, somebody in Tuscaloosa, it was on the WVUA, they, three or four people got their guns and stood out of the Marine, stood outside the Marine Recruiting Center here in Tuscaloosa County to protect it. Well, there's a better way. They got run off by the police. <laughs> the police ran them off. And, uh, but, you know, I appreciate their, what they're saying, but there's a better way. 
We don't have to, we don't have to take a gun there. We can do this in the spirit because we have been given dominion. We have been told to rule. So at Mercedes, at uh, wherever you are, the University of Alabama, DCH, hallelujah, DCH Northport, your doctor's office, you know, because because you know it's not just limited a church. We we one morning, I believe it was in our the the prayer one morning where we just said no. It just came on us in prayer, and we said no. You are not coming in this door. You will not come in. I think the next Sunday we had somebody come in acting a little crazy too. About about one Sunday later. <laughs> Hallelujah. Uh, it wasn't with a gun, but they were acting a little strange. Anyway, uh, <clears throat> so uh, uh, we have this ruling authority. We must use it. We must start taking Montgomery, the capital. And this is something that throughout the day, just sitting at your desk, you don't have to get in a... a, a, a a three-hour prayer time to start taking authority and saying what can happen and what will happen. And not only do we forbid the bad, but we decree what good will happen there today. You know, there'll be no strife here today. There'll be no, you know, and 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 there'll be life here. And I'll have an opportunity here to speak the word. And you know, we decree the good too. We're not just uh, focused on that. So uh, it that is, it's imperative. We don't have a choice any longer. That back in Mayberry when. I grew up, you know, I grew up in Mayberry. Nothing ever happened. We wish something exciting would have happened because it was so boring. Hallelujah. You did. I never even heard of a car wreck. I never even knew anybody my whole years growing up there. One person I ever heard of having cancer. I mean, it was Mayberry and it was just, you know, okay. So uh, God does not release authority to and through rebels. If you want your authority to work, get rid of the rebellion in your life. A lot of people were rebellious as teenagers and they didn't get rid of it. And so whatever that rebellion is, you need to get rid of it. I mean, hallelujah. Yeah, get free. Get free. The Romans, okay, so now I'm going to have you write this down if you have a piece of paper. And this is homework. List three areas in your life that you need to submit to God's authority and rulership. Because you can't have authority unless you're under authority. So where is that? Um, number two, we're going to move on to the second part under this. Subdue the earth. And we find that in Genesis 1.28. Going back to Genesis. Areas that you need to submit to God's authority in, in your life. If you still have some areas you're working on, list them down. Not for us to know. We're never going to know, but for you to pray on and work on. Hallelujah. Genesis 1, 28. Uh, and God blessed them, and God said unto them, Be fruitful, and multiply, and replenish the earth, and subdue it, and have dominion over the fish of the sea, and over the fowl of the air, and over every living thing that moveth upon the earth. So here he tells man to be subdue the earth. He tells him to be productive. He says he tells him to tend the garden, and subdue the earth, and subdue the word in the Hebrew implies a forceful, militant subjugation. Subdue the earth. Now, God could have ruled the earth all by himself. We all agree on that. Uh, and But here's the thing. Here's this garden. 
And the garden is not a huge place. The garden is big enough for Adam and Eve for sure. And every need supplied and everything's perfect. It is the garden of Eden. Everything is perfect. But outside of that garden, on the outskirts, uh, there was chaos. There was darkness beyond the garden. And why was that? Because Satan had fallen. We see in Isaiah 14, 12, that Satan had been kicked out of heaven and had fallen to the earth. We don't exactly know the timetable on that, but uh, it was sometime after the earth was created because you can't be fallen to the earth if there is no earth. Does that make sense? <laughs> Hallelujah. So it was sometime after the earth was created and because God makes all things good, he said he was good when he made it. He said it was good. And then it says in, in Genesis 1-2, it says, The earth was formless and void, It was and it was, it was chaotic. And it, the word in the Hebrew is tovu bavohu, and it means in a state of chaos. And so something happened to bring that earth into the earth into a, a state of chaos. Hallelujah. I'm looking for my scripture. Isaiah 14. I was in Psalms. Hallelujah. Okay, Isaiah 14, 12. I want you to see this. Some of you might not have ever seen it before. Some of you may have read over it and didn't know. How art thou fallen from heaven, O Lucifer, son of the morning? How art thou which thou how art thou cut down to the ground which didst weaken the nations? So whenever he fell, there were already nations. And it caused the nations to go into a state of total chaos. And, and everything. And Jesus said in Matthew, he said, I beheld Satan fall. Jesus saw it and watched it from heaven as it happened. And Revelation 12, 4, we won't go there, but it says that a third of the stars or a third of the angels were kicked out of heaven at the same time that Satan was kicked out of heaven. And nobody really knows whether that is demons now, those are demons now, or First Peter tends to indicate that those angels are bound and are being held in chains until uh, a future time. But so that's not important. But anyway, so the outskirts of Eden, Eden's perfect, but the outskirts are chaotic. And so he said, I want you to go out and I want you to subdue the earth. I, I want you to tend the garden. I want you to subdue the earth. In other words, I want you to, um, I want you to cause everything in the earth to be just like the garden is. I want you to do that. Uh, Brother Copeland's taught that for many years. Uh, and the way God showed him to do it was be fruitful and multiply. Now, there's two things about being fruitful and multiply. First of all, you're being productive when you're fruitful and multiplying. And it was not just having children. It was also about increasing this garden to cover the whole earth. But... Uh, but it was also, it was having children. It was be fruitful and multiply. Well, if the garden is a certain size, but you start to have children and probably going to have a bunch of them. And then they're going to have get married and they're going to have a bunch more children. Pretty soon you're going to outgrow the garden. So God wants you to expand the garden. You're going to have to. And, and, and your children are one way that you're going to expand the garden. That that was uh, one of the key things. Uh, uh, to, to expanding the garden. Um, so your mandate is, your mandate and my mandate 
is to subdue everything in our life that is in opposition to God's perfect model. Subdue everything in our own lives that is an opposition to God's perfect model. So we, and you know, your finances, you take, you subdue it. You take, you take charge and uh, you don't let, uh, like Brother Higgins used to say, you don't let the devil run roughshod over you. Hallelujah. You don't let him run roughshod over you. You take charge where your healing and your health is concerned. Uh, you, uh, you take charge over your house. Whether your house is broken into or is perfectly safe is up to your dominion, your rulership. Hallelujah. And when things slip through the cracks, don't sit there and play dumb. Well, I don't know how that happens. Say, dear God, where do I have a door open? You know? I, I, I know one night, that I, it's been a while, been several years ago, but the next morning, the pineapple off my mailbox was gone. It's like it's just missing. But it was really just across the street sitting in somebody's yard. But I thought, you can't do that. This is mine. And so I took authority over it in the spirit. It was some teenagers or something, you know. I'm up a lot in the middle of the night and late, and you can't believe what people are up running around. You hear squealing, laughing in the streets, and, you know, and cars that are idling by, cars that are boom, 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 boom. At 2 o'clock in the morning, I'm like, what are you doing in my neighborhood? And we have cameras. Hallelujah. We do. We have cameras now hitting place. They take your picture when you leave. Hallelujah. So if anybody, because we had a lot of break-ins for a while, but it, hey, we're not depending on that. We're taking authority. But, you know, nobody has any business riding up and down the streets in a neighborhood at 2 o'clock in the morning. No business whatsoever. And no kids have any business being out on the street either. And, you know, sometimes we'll go to work in somebody's yard or be all TP'd or whatever. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. <clears throat> so... No, nothing good ever happens after midnight. That's what some people, hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. There's nothing, there's nothing you need to be seeing on TV after midnight. Hallelujah. That is true. Thank you, Jesus. There's not anything you need to be seeing on TV after 7 o'clock either. There's a bunch of bad stuff. Now there's bunches of bad stuff right then. In the, yeah, it used to be midnight now. We moved it up to 7. Pretty soon we're just going to cut off cable. Now they said cable's going out of business. It's, it's done. It's over. Hallelujah. Uh, that's what I've heard, you know. Okay. <clears throat> so right, I want you to write down this. Or, uh, what should, well, maybe you can write it down, but we might also just call some stuff out. What should we subdue right now? We, I said some things, but you say some other things. What should we be subduing right now? Weather. Okay. Let's get control of this heat. Hallelujah. Now, you know, there's a certain way. You, we, have, we have authority. Now, summer's going to be summer. I don't think we can turn this into winter. But we certainly have authority over extremes. Thunderstorms. Amen. Earthquakes. What else? What should we be subduing right now? Terrorism. What about disease? Pandemics. But also then in just the sense of when we go to Tuscaloosa Prayer and Healing Center, we're, we're subduing and commanding disease. Hallelujah. Food shortage. We have authority over food shortage. We know we do because Jesus multiplied. 
We have authority over it. You don't ever have to worry about having something to eat. Hallelujah. Uh, every animal. You have authority over animals. You want rid of that thing, tell it to go. Hallelujah. I got rid of, what do you call it, gophers in Seminole. Got them out of my yard, and our neighbor, about four days later, the neighbor said, Have y'all been having gophers? <laughs> I said, Not anymore. <laughs> I think we just sent them one. We, were only, we only had enough power then to send them one house over. Hallelujah. <laughs> so, okay. Don't ever let a dog bite you or your kids. You have authority. Uh, powers, principalities, spiritual wickedness in high places. And I tell you who else we're supposed to be subduing and ruling over. If you have children, subdue it, rule over it. They need to know you're the ruler in that house. Hallelujah. Not in an unkind way, but in a powerful way, though. Hallelujah. They need to know you're the powers that be. And don't make me prove it. That kind of thing, you know. Okay, number three, moving on. Genesis 3, 8. There it goes, right there. That, that's that very car I was talking about. <laughs> Hallelujah. People, people. If you want to hear, if you want to be able to hear when you're 40, <laughs> you better take care of them. Okay, number three is warring from, warring from victory. We don't war for victory. We war from victory. Okay? Y'all got that. Jesus already won the battle. We're just enforcing it. So Genesis 3.8. Now this is important to host in a move of God. So, it, it, so keep, keep that in mind. And they heard the voice of the Lord God, this is Adam and Eve, walking in the garden in the cool of the day, and Adam and his wife hid themselves from the presence. Let's just keep with that first part. And they heard the voice of the Lord God walking in the garden in the cool of the day. Now, this is, um, it's interesting. God told him to tend the garden, subdue the earth that was around the garden, and so, in other words, make this whole planet fruitful and lush and beautiful just like the Garden of Eden. And guess what? He did not even give them any tools. So how are they going to do this with no tools? This was the way they were to do it. Walk with God in the cool of the day. Walk with God. Just be in His presence. No tools required. Just be in His presence. Now, we kind of had something about that last week when we listened to Miss Heidi. She's talking about soaking, going low, going slow. She talked about in her ministry how people come and they want to work, 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 work. And her ministry does a lot of soaking, a lot of just getting in the presence of the Lord. She said she did it the other way for 20 years. And, of course, she nearly died of exhaustion. She told the whole story last week. You can get the the tape if you weren't here the cd and um so that's that's what he's talking about here that no tools were required for him to do this just be in my presence just walk with me in the cool of the day i said the translation for that for us now of that is soak in his presence under refrigerated air <laughs> Hallelujah. And we will go further. Now, Pastor and I, we've bought into this. Not that we, you know, we 
we believe in working hard. We believe, but you know, it's kind of like you've done everything in the natural that you know to do. We've handed out tracts. We've give out water. We've, you know, no, and that is not how it's going to happen. It's going to happen through getting in his presence. God's plan was that Adam would subdue darkness and fill the planet with God's government through intimacy. And so many times we're running around like a chicken with her head cut off. Y'all know what I'm talking about. And we're just fretting, oh, got to have a job, got to have a job. Or, or I got to get rid of this job. Oh, there's problems at work, problems at work. Oh, hallelujah. You know, they're laying off people. Don't have enough money, don't have enough money. Praise God. I, I wrote down one thing that Miss Heidi said last week because it was dark. I would have wrote down more. But I just had to write down that last thing she said. And that was, um, you, you, get in his, you get in God's presence and God will bring the resources. That was so powerful. Hallelujah. Get in, your, get in, my, get in God's presence and he will bring the resources. A major key. This is a key for all of us because all of us, is, you know, we have goals, we have things, but get in his presence and he will make the way. He will make the way. The answer is not to get a second job. And, and, and you know, you know, they go out and they get a second job and then they, they lose their kids because they're working night and day and they're never with their kids or whatever. The answer is to get in the, to, to take some time. Every day, get in God's presence. Hallelujah. And so uh, <clears throat> that was God's plan. Kingdom dominion is established and increased through relationship with the king. The further we walk away from the king, King Jesus I'm talking about, the less our dominion the less effective our dominion is going to be, even though technically we have dominion, according to Genesis 1.26. But the, we're going to see less fruit from that dominion the farther we walk away. The closer we walk with Jesus. Hallelujah. Because emphasis, the emphasis is always on the person Jesus. Hallelujah. So many times we have we've we've done programs in the church that there was hardly any connection to even jesus you know sometimes trying to win the world so so we have uh zumba classes at church because we think if we can get some people to come to zumba then they'll want to come to our church and it just doesn't work and you know who wants members like that anyway I mean, I don't want somebody that knows Zumba. I don't even know who Zumba is. I don't even know what you do in Zumba. I don't. I probably wouldn't want to do it. Hallelujah. <laughs> huh? Oh, okay. It's not a person. <laughs> I don't know who Pilates is either. <laughs> but he sounds evil. <laughs> Hallelujah. But um, you know. I want somebody that knows Jesus or that will, is willing to let me introduce Jesus to them. You know, 
Glory to God. Sometimes we have Mother's Day out or we have daycare. No, and I'm not, I, we appreciate, we've used the churches here in town. Our, all my kids graduated, all my grandkids graduated from First Press. And so we appreciate it, but that's not really, and we thankful that it was a health, uh, a safe place to be. And, you know, they were good about Christian things, but still, that's not really getting the main focus over on Jesus. So the more the focus can be on Jesus. Uh, relationship with Jesus is prized above all else. else. Uh, when, we, um, we, when we rule out relationship and try to exercise authority out of relationship, it doesn't work. Hallelujah. 2 Corinthians 2.11 I can see right quick we're not going to get to number five. We got, we're going to get through number three, though. 2 Corinthians 2.11. They're short, but I make them long <laughs> by opening my mouth. 2 Corinthians 2.11. It says, Lest Satan should get an advantage of us, for we are not ignorant of his devices. So we're not to be ignorant of the devil's devices. We're not to be afraid of the devil. We're to war from victory. We're not to be afraid of him, but we're to know about his devices. Most Christians don't even really think there is a devil. Anybody see on TV last night that that demon statue? It was of the devil in Detroit. Oh my! And the lines that were lined up to see that wicked thing. It's like Detroit. That's all you need. Really, you already got problems, and now you invited the devil to come. Uh, thank you, Jesus. So we're not to be ignorant of things like that. The, you know, some people, oh, that's not, that, there's no harm in that. There's no harm in getting us, what's that, that, you know, it's real popular now to have Buddhas in your house. So that's in decorating. And that also, that head of that, I think it's that lady with has all the arms. That's some God. Yeah, that's popular. Huh? She's usually, usually they put her in gold to make her look better. And, you, you know, you're supposed to put her in your house. And hallelujah, people that do stuff like that, Christians that do like stuff, they're ignorant of the Satan's devices. You know, you bring literature in your house that's uh, bad, then demons cling to that literature. You know, they they come in with it and that's a door it comes in and then we say oh i don't know why my you know you let your kids it, it, it is you have to be uh what your kids will call you mean this to this day and age if you keep your house safe because you're gonna have to say no you can't have that music no you can't have that music you know no 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 not that kind not that kind not that kind Okay, you can't have music, <laughs> basically. <laughs> Hallelujah. I mean, it's really because that stuff has got, you know, whatever we're focusing on, talking about, singing, learning the words to, and you know that stuff don't go away. How many of you, just out of the blue, you that come from the 60s like I did, There's well, there's a few in here, uh, just like, have the song you can hear a song and then all day long you hear that old song in your head do y'all do that hallelujah it's like get rid of that thing thank you lord casting it down casting it down that's the bad thing about sin it the bad thing about sin 
is not that you can't get forgiven. You can, but it's getting the for, it's being out to get it, forget it, and get it out of your mind. That's the hard part. It's not hard to get God to forgive you, but it's hard to get it out of your thought processes. It keeps cut. You get down on your knees before the Lord, and the devil is so faithful to bring that kind of crud back to you. Hallelujah. So, uh, but he's a defeated foe. We have, you know, Jesus restored us to the garden. So in the garden, the devil was not the focus. So we don't want the devil to be the focus. But we have to not be ignorant of his devices. So we have to find that balance there. He's crushed under our feet. We do not war for victory. We war from victory. Jesus got the keys to the planet back. Hallelujah. And he, when he got the keys to the planet back, now it's back to plan A. We're the rulers. We have authority. We're supposed to subdue it, restore everything. Everything's messed up. We've got to start restoring it. Amen? Start saying who can be president. And we do that by, uh, by what we say, but also by how we vote. And uh, start saying who can be in Congress and who can't. Start saying what laws can be passed and what they can't. So we just say right now, we're just going to say this. That any deal with Iran, it falls apart right now in Jesus' name. All deals with Iran fall apart. However it has to happen. If Ayatollah has to do something crazy to cause it to fall apart, it does in Jesus' name. Whatever has to happen, hallelujah, that deal will not pass. It will not go through. We do not have unholy alliances with unholy, ungodly men. Hallelujah. Praise God. We decree it. We declare it. We did our part. Hallelujah. Uh, we're taking back over. We're taking charge. And one thing for sure we have charge of. I don't know how far our authority extends over everything the government does. But I do know it, our authority definitely extends over all of Tuscaloosa County. And I believe also over Alabama. Amen? I, but because Alabama is just one state in, among 50 states, I'm not sure exactly how that works, but I do know. God told us by Scripture, by confirmation from other people, that He had given us this, this city, this county. It belongs, it belongs to Michael and Debbie Billings and River Church. It, I don't care. Now, somebody else may be sharing in that. I don't know. He may have told them too. But if he didn't, that's okay too. We're supposed to rule. We're supposed to reign. And we shouldn't have ever let a tornado get in this town. Hallelujah. And we've had, we, we had let the last one in. Did y'all realize? Now, I don't know about, I'm not for sure about this, but I know in our area, we haven't had a tornado warning this year. It's, I tell you, it, we hadn't had a puff of wind that would blow a bird over. Just a few little puffs, but nothing big. Hallelujah. But we, back in January, I remember back in January, we in church one Wednesday night, we were decreeing it. We were declaring it. We were saying no. Hallelujah. And so right now, we, 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 we're right in the middle of hurricane season. So we say no hurricanes are coming up. 
the Gulf, from the Gulf of Alabama, Gulf of Mexico, and through Alabama Gulf Coast. In Jesus' name, we say no to hurricanes. In the name of Jesus. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Praise God. Hallelujah. So just take charge. Use your, use your authority. Uh, let's see. Restore everything. And that includes people where healing is concerned and deliverance, deliverance is concerned. And we do that through intimacy. Our authority that we've been given is increased through intimacy. So we're coming up on Prayer and Healing Center Monday night. So spend some time in an intimate time with the Lord. Say, well, Miss Debbie, I don't know how. I don't either. I told the Lord today, I'm Holy Spirit, guide me. I'm just getting in your presence the best I know how, just getting quiet before you, trying to keep my mind focused on God. And we, But as we, as we do it, we will learn. As we do it, God will show us. As we do it, we will know more. Hallelujah. About, uh, about being in that intimate time. That, the, that place of, of just some people call it, uh, back in the old timers used to call it con contemplative prayer. Contemplative prayer where you're just in his presence, just soaking. Spend some time there. If you have a need, spend some time there. Hallelujah. Praise God. Get in the word of God if you have a need. Uh, Bill Johnson says said this, said he uh when people come for counseling, his first counseling thing he says is get into mega doses of the Word of God. And he said most of the time when people do mega doses of the Word of God, and he tells them to come back in a week, by the time they, when they do that, they don't even need counseling. Get in his presence. Get in the Word. Hallelujah. And review, go over healing scriptures and say healing scriptures out loud if you're going to minister Monday night. If you're not going to minister Monday night, you pray too. Pray with us anyway. Because, you know, we're all in it together. We've already said we're all going to, we're not, one person doesn't get the glory. It's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a team effort. It's a, just like hosting a move of God in Alabama won't be because Michael and Debbie did something, but it'll be because as a whole we did something. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Praise. So we're getting ready because Jesus said, I'm coming. 